Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. This morning, as you turn, we're going to turn the lights up just a little bit, but as you turn to those around you, we're going to share something this morning. It's a little different. Uh, Sometimes we ask the question, what's the favorite Christmas present you've ever received? But this morning, I want you to share about the favorite Christmas present you've ever given to someone and why. Not maybe, maybe it's not even a present. Maybe it's just um, a, a way that you've given generosity to someone else. And maybe it's not you. Maybe it's something that you've seen, like an extravagant gift that you've seen someone give. Or maybe it's a simple gift that you've seen someone give, but it, that it's touched your heart. So I want you to take a moment and turn to those around you. And we're going to turn the lights up. And I want you to share that now. Dreams have fallen all apart And all you're left with is a tired and broken heart I can tell by your eyes you think you're on your own But you're not alone Have you heard of the one who can calm the raging sea? Give sight to the blind for the to their feet with a love so strong and never let you go no you're not alone all right let's come on back in i love to hear on sundays some of the things that you learn from each other I especially love it when it's someone who you've known the person for a long time and you're like, I never knew. Like, you just have those moments like, how did I not know this about you? Um, so I enjoy these moments of sharing and, and learning these things. This morning, I want to share with you uh, one of my favorite stories of, um, of giving. And what the giving was not actually a gift that was given. The giving was the gift of peace. And uh, it, it starts with a young boy. You're gonna, I'm going to try and sit this morning. This is hard for me because um, I like to move. The, the starts with a young boy. And uh, you can see the picture of the young boy right here. But we met this young boy. Um, Jeremy and I had we'd partnered with an elementary school. And we were in one of our routine kind of walkthroughs. We'd go through some days and just say hi to the teachers and ask how we could pray for them sometimes. But... We were walking through, and, and uh, the principal said, hey, could you guys come down to, one of, down to the room down the hallway? We want you to meet a young man. And just before school this year, she had said to me, hey, what would you think about having some people from your church partner with children from our school? And uh, how often does a, elementary, a public elementary school come to a church and say, will you partner with our kids? That was awesome. And so I said, yeah. So she said, well, let's, let's think about maybe starting some kind of a mentor thing, and we'll, we'll pair a child and, and with someone from your church. I said, okay. So I had talked to people from the church and said, hey, I would, I would love to, for you to pray about being um, a partner with someone. 
with a child from the school. And so they said, all right, we have our first child that we'd love for you to partner with. And so we went and, and we met um, Carson. And I, I will never forget the day we met him. We met him in this like, in a teepee. Yeah, he was playing in a teepee. And we went in and he's like, he said he really liked Jeremy. He's like, you want to come see my teepee? And Jeremy was like, yeah, I'll come. And so Jeremy climbs in this teepee with him and, and he's telling him all about it. And it was kind of really just space for Carson to have a moment of peace. Um, Carson struggled with various things and, and kind of got himself in some trouble in class sometimes and really just needed a presence in his life that would be consistent and peaceful. Now, um, Frank. Frank is one of my favorite men. Almost every church I've been at, um, there is someone, and I've said this before, I think, there's someone in those churches who remind me of my dad. And so they endear themselves to me because of that. Well, our first Christmas, or our first summer at our last church, we had a church in the park service, and uh, my dad had happened to come for the weekend. And my dad wore a pink polo, short sleeve polo, and jean shorts. And Frank got out of the car in a pink short sleeve polo and jean shorts. And I was like, okay, I already thought you were my dad, but now you dressed exactly like him on the same day that he happens to be here in town. So I love Frank. Um, Frank, we still keep in touch with Frank to this day. In fact, I got a text message from Frank yesterday morning. Um, are you all safe from the storms? And so um, I, I seriously adore this man. But what I love about Frank is this. I asked the church to consider partnering with children from the school. Frank came to me and he said, I think I'm supposed to do this, but I don't know what I have to offer. And I was like, oh my goodness, just your presence, Frank, would be just wonderful for this child. And he's like, yeah, but I don't move around as well. I don't, you know, I, some days I hurt. Like, it, it just had different reasons of why he just didn't know. And what am I going to have in common with a little boy? And uh, so... The day came when we got to introduce Frank and Carson. And Carson was thrilled that Frank was coming to meet him, that he was going to have a new friend. In part because Carson didn't have a whole lot of stable men in his life. And so Frank showed up, and Frank was, you know, unsuspecting, didn't know what to expect. Carson was, he's a little bit of a spitfire. And so they sat down at the table, and he was like, Mister, you got a wife? Carson's like, yeah. And he goes, okay. And so they would have various conversations, and Frank would, he would go in, and, and he began to meet with, with Carson one week at a time. He'd go in for an hour every week. So um, pause there on that story. We'll come back to what happens in just a minute. But Frank gave um, Carson a Christmas gift every year. Um, we made a way for our mentors to um, purchase a gift for their child that they were with. But um, those gifts, that you know, they were exciting. Carson couldn't wait to see what Frank had gotten him for Christmas. But the gift that Frank gave Carson that was the greatest was the gift of peace and moments of peace in his week. And so um, he was a, a constant presence in a little boy's life. And that's what I was so thankful for. And so we're going we're gonna to keep that picture up here. But um, Frank was just the, such an image of, of presence, and I don't mean presence, but that, that physical presence in Carson's life. Isaiah 7.14 foretells of something that's going to happen when it says, all right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, 
The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Can you imagine the anticipation of God's people as they waited for this Emmanuel? Um, I don't know that we can because we know he came already. And so we, we can't necessarily put ourselves fully in their shoes, but their deep desire for peace, their wilderness and their longing that we can relate to. Wilderness and longing and a deep desire for peace. Um, I know some of the stories of what people thought about the Messiah that was going to come, how he was going to come, what he was going to be like, who he was going to be, you know, he's going to come with force, um, and all the conspiracy theories that no doubt maybe we haven't even heard about. And as I was reading this thing, this week, I got to thinking, I wonder, how do we feed the conspiracy theories of our day? How do we, um, how do we miss the boat with what we think? I don't know. That's a side thought. Luke says, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those who, with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned from heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The shepherds went and searched that night. They went in search of the Emmanuel, of God with us. The Bible says, as it talks about Mary, that she was highly favored. But in the arrival of this baby, this favor is offered to mankind. This peace that the Messiah brings is a reconciling peace between humankind and God. John 1.5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Amen. Yeah. Let me read that again. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Amen. My goodness, this means that even in our darkest moments, that the light can't be extinguished. The light of Christ in our life cannot be extinguished no matter what happens. That is a message of hope. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. The greatest gift that we will ever receive is the Prince of Peace in our lives. Um, in our society today, sometimes uh, December equals chaos. Some of you responded to a question that I asked on social media this week. And that was, um, when you think of December, do you dread the chaos? And I thought it was interesting. Um, I asked it on a couple different social media platforms. But of all those that answered, two-thirds of the people said, I dread the chaos of December. They dread the rush, the roar, the noise, the hustle and bustle. They dread it. But what if in the midst of our hustle and bustle, we stop? And what if we just sit in the presence of the Prince of Peace? What if we purposefully and intentionally take time to sit in the presence of Christ this Christmas? Peace is the state of tranquility or quiet. To be or to become quiet or keep silent. At the end of the day, 
How many of you can relate to this? Everyone is bed, in bed, and you sit down, and you just, you just sit on the couch, and you don't even do anything. You just have a moment of peace and quiet and take a breath. Can anyone relate to that? Yeah. How many of you who, you know, you've, if you've had young kids at home, and they are nuts, and you put them to bed, and there is nothing you want more than a moment of just peace and quiet. Can I get an amen from any parent in here? Amen. From the kid. He just wants peace and quiet. I laugh. Rylan actually does that sometimes. He'll tell us, I just need a moment of quiet. Okay. Okay. Freedom from quiet, disquieting or oppressing thoughts or emotions. We hear people say that um, they need to just to have some peace of mind about something, right? Ha- I'm, I would probably guess that most of us in here could raise our hand that at some time or another we needed peace of mind from oppressing thoughts or emotions that disquiet our hearts. How about harmony in personal relationships? How many of you right now would say, there is a relationship where I need harmony? Raise your hand. Come on now, be honest. Yeah. I would raise two if I wasn't holding an iPad this morning. All of these definitions of peace, they defined reasons that Christ came to earth for us. But that's not all. The shalom of God, right? Peace of God is more than just reconciling between God and us. It is more than just ceasing wars, and it is more than just inner peace. True peace to bring shalom is to make complete or to restore. So it's more than just stopping things in our life. It is to make us complete and to restore us to right relationship with Christ. Shalom is centered on right relationship with God and it touches the center of everything else in life. So when our relationship with Christ is centered, when it is um, restored to what it is intended to be, other things find a way to be centered as well. Jesus is the prince of shalom. Your Greek lesson this morning, I love shalom. I love Greek. I took a Greek class online. Don't recommend it. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. But you ready? Erene. Say it with me. Erene. There you go. You can go home and, and use that word this week, okay? Peace. Shalom. Erene. Peace is not always the ceasing of our troubles, friends. It is having a right relationship with the giver of peace so that we allow his presence into the midst of our troubles. Peace doesn't always fix things. Sometimes it just focuses them. The peace that Jesus offers doesn't mean laying aside all of our heartache and our heartbreak. It's allowing Christ to dwell with us in it. It's not a fake, "Mm, it'll be all right. Somebody said, it'll be all right. That's not what it is. It's not fake of just saying, I'll get through this. When our relationship is right with Christ, our peace is the thing that says, I have Jesus on my side. And I will get through this or I will die trying. But he is with me. And so here we go. My mom did not choose breast cancer. But my mom said, Christ is on my side, and I will get through this, or I will die trying. 
We need to approach things in our life like that. But in order to approach things in our life like that, our relationship with Christ has got to be a priority. We are called to create peace and to share peace. Um, whether that is through humility with others, through patience with others. We talk about that word patience and some of us just go, well, that's out the window this week. We need to have patience. We need to bear with one another in love. That's what it looks like to be a peacemaker. My friend Pete, my friend Frank was a peace sharer. Frank and Carson met together every week. Um, Frank looked forward to that, or Carson looked forward to that meeting every week. He would ask his teacher, is it time yet? Is Frank here yet? What time's Frank coming today? It got to the point where they had to set a same time every week because he drove the teacher nuts all morning. Teacher, what time's Frank coming? Teacher, is Frank coming yet? And she would say, Carson, when the clock hits this time, that's when Frank will be here. So Frank would, I, I'm, I'm sure, on the mornings that Frank came, that Carson probably didn't learn a whole lot in the classroom because he couldn't wait for Frank to get there. He anticipated Frank's presence so much. And you know what? I think Frank began to anticipate his meetings with Carson. I, I remember one day in the hallway, we heard him say something like, um, he's like, so you're married. And I, I said, I shared that earlier. He said, so you're married. And Frank said, yeah, I have a wife. And he said, do you have friends? And, Carson, and Frank said, yeah, I do. And, and uh, Carson said, you're my friend, Frank. Jeremy, I can't tell you how many times we would walk through the halls with tears in our eyes just to see that image. They would, that was in the hallway right outside Carson's classroom. He couldn't wait for Frank to come and to, and to be with him. Frank um, came to Jeremy and I some months after he had started as a mentor, and he said, I need to tell you something. He said, I thought I was an old man without purpose. He said, but I learned that that was wrong, that I still have more to give, and I get to give it to this little boy. Again, brought me to tears. Carson struggled, at, he struggled to pay attention in school. Carson's home life was, was not great. Um, Carson didn't know the first year that, that he met with Frank that his mom wasn't just away at Christmas time. She was incarcerated. Carson didn't know that the, the extent of the drama that existed in his own life, he just knew that things weren't like they were supposed to be. And so Carson found himself getting in trouble in school, but Frank brought peace and shalom into Carson's life for one hour every week. Frank was the image of Jesus. We don't have to wait for a certain day of the week for peace to enter our lives. We have access to it every day of the week. Sometimes we just need our priorities refocused so that our relationship with Christ is our core priority. We have to allow his presence in. Carson, he wanted Frank to be there. He wasn't totally sure about him to begin with. But he began to warm up to Frank and to allow Frank to see more of who he was. That's what we have to do with Christ. We have to open up more of ourselves to him. We have to surrender ourselves to him. We have to anticipate our time with him. 
We all need, need Christ, friends, but you know what? We're not all ready to receive him. We're not all ready to receive what he wants of us or asks of us. And we need to ask ourselves that question, what is it that, that we're maybe not asking or not willing to receive? We can all have this um, peace of Christ, but we first have to give him room to dwell. Uh, this means that we have to allow him time and space to lead us, time and space to guide us, time and space to direct us, and time and space to correct us. He wants to dwell. He wants to bring peace to us. But he won't bring, bring peace where he's not welcome. We have a choice. We have a choice to follow him, to love him, to serve him. He won't force himself on us but he desperately wants a relationship with us. He loves you so dearly. And he hates to see you hurt, and he hates to hurt, see you struggle. And he wants to just be that, that prince of peace, that presence in your life that allows you to say, I'm with Christ, and we will get through this, or we will die trying. Bow your heads with me this morning. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning in the quiet of this room, in the quiet of our homes or our cars or wherever we're listening from today. We sit here in a moment of peace in the presence of the Prince of Peace. Take a moment right now and tell the Lord that thing or that situation in your life where you need some peace breathed. God, you know our hearts. You know us. You love us. You brought your son into this world that we could experience the arene of God. Lord, I pray that you would um, sit with us in the midst of our struggles. But God, I pray that um, before that can happen, that we would open ourselves up to you, that we would open our hearts to you and say, God, here I am. I am yours. I invite you to dwell in my life. I give you space inside of me. I give you space in my life. I am not too busy for you. God, would we make that choice to say, you're welcome here. And then, God, would you come and sit with us? Would you breathe life and peace into the situations in our lives? Into each one of the things that was laid out in hearts this morning, would your peace prevail there? 
Would you give us the strength to be able to say, with Christ on my side, we will get through this or we will die trying? You are the Prince of Peace. And your gift to us came in the form of a baby. The precious Prince of Peace, wrapped in swaddling clothes, to bring light and love and peace to us. So Lord Jesus, today, as we go from this place, may we welcome you in so that you can walk through our situations in our life with us. But God, may we be a people who become peace sharers to others around us. May we find ways to share peace this week in our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, in the restaurant, in the grocery line, wherever it is, God, may we find ways to offer peace this week. God, we thank you for this. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org give. Thanks again for listening.